Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 177 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, this is my favorite episode to record every year because so many funny memes come out of these episodes. So excited. How you doing, though? I like the ones where we talk about the Blue Jays winning the World Series. But that hasn't happened yet, so how do you know if you like it? Foreshadowing. All right, all right. That's a juicy prediction. All right, cool. I'm doing. I'm doing well. That's that's if that's also a foreshadow for later in the episode. That's true. Uh, we, there's a lot to talk about today. Uh, we took a little bit of a break. Long story short, I got hurt. Uh, I, I'm I okay moved. though. I'm a lot. Yeah, and, and Justin moved. Uh, big life events, but we're. I'm okay. He's okay. You're okay listening to us, presumably. And if you're not, hey, I hope you have better days ahead. Uh, We got a lot to talk about. We're going to preview all the positions, all the players, uh, what's going to happen. We're going to make our best guesses, and we're going to find out who's going to overperform, underperform. All the spicy takes are in. Uh, But I think, more importantly, we've got uh, an esteemed... Bat Flips and Maple Dips alumni guests back on the show today. You love him. I love him. Holy shit. There's just so many things we could talk about with this guy. He's got his hands everywhere. Uh, he's a musician. He's a writer. He's a baseball fanatic. He is just our favorite guest. It's it's Chris Anderson back with us today. Uh, Chris, how you doing? How could I say anything but good after that introduction? Yeah, we, we really we really uh, greased the palm in order to get this going. Uh, <laughs> we can't help ourselves. We love having you on. Uh, and if you love what we do, you can check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. We're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and uh, probably a billion other bootleg platforms we're not even uh, familiar with. Uh, find us at bfmdpodcast.com. We're going to get right into it. Justin, let's do our preview. Let's start from the tippy top. I'm so excited. Let's do it. All right. This episode is going to be known as the episode where I said I said way too many good things about Danny Jansen. I'm predicting yeah. it right now. Uh, I'm here for it. <laughs> let's start a catcher. <laughs> let's just get right into it. So, obviously... Guys, we know that since the last time we talked, Patrick, and a few days ago, the Blue Jays traded Reese McGuire to the White Sox for Zach Collins. Mm-hmm. Our last episode was titled Trade Kirk? Question mark, And they did not do that, and now they are not going to do that. So, reactions. Hendo, how did you feel when you saw the McGuire trade come across? Were you surprised to see that, or was it kind of the exact thing you thought? You know what? To me... I was a little bit surprised, but um, in the same breath, it, it, the move makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it just means that it, exactly what you said, that they weren't planning on trading Alejandro Kirk right away. And, uh, you know, they didn't really want to carry three catchers on the roster, which makes sense, too. Um, as much as Kirk likely can serve as the DH, um, he can do that without having a third catcher on the roster. And Zach Collins has minor league options. So after I thought about it for a minute, I went, yeah, OK, that all makes sense. Do we know who the emergency catcher is now in an event where 
Kirk would have to come into the game or maybe he gets hurt too. Like what happens if they need a third catcher and they lose their DH and everything else? Oh my God. It's probably ghost you know, cocktail actually. Who knows? For, for the amount of times that happens, like yeah, honestly, if you lose your DH once a season, then, then so, so be it. It's in yeah. my eyes. Fair but, enough. Uh, Patrick. Yeah. Did you, did you see the trade coming for Reese McGuire? Yep. Yeah. The writing was on the wall. Uh, it's very, it's unfortunate because he did have that one streak where he was very hot last year and it would have been interesting maybe to see what he could do, but, uh, in truth, I guess, I don't know. I'm really interested to see a full year of the Jansen Kirk combo. I don't think Collins is going to get very many plate appearances unless someone gets injured, knock on wood, but that doesn't happen. Um, but you've got a really good fielding catcher and a really good hitting catcher combined. Uh, they form some sort of aggregate of, uh, I guess, a poor man, Salvador Perez. Uh, so I'm here for it. I'm excited to see what they do as a tandem. And uh, I don't think we'll see an emergency backup situation. But now that I've said that, it's going to happen. Yeah, agreed. Um Obviously, Zach Collins has the option to go to AAA, so that's where he's going to start. And then that gives the flexibility for the roster, too. But, uh, yeah, Danny Jansen, <laughs> he's coming in as the starting catcher. Uh, his, I guess, really third full season, because 2020 was short. And, like I guess, last year he was hurt. So, I mean, maybe it's truly only his second full season, technically, but... What do we expect from this guy this year? The Fangraphs projections have him at a 233 average with a 318 on base and a 447 slugging, which is an OPS of about 760, yeah. 765. So do we think those predictions are accurate? Is he going to hit below or over 230, Chris Henderson? Over or under 230? Is this Jansen you're talking about? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think he's going to hit far better than that. Um, he's going to hit better than 230? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, and I don't think he's, you know, there's some people I see on my, on social media that are like, he's going to be an all-star and you're all going to eat it. But uh, <laughs> I think he's going to be a very serviceable top 10 catcher in the big leagues that hits 250, 260, maybe even 270. Right, um, you know, what that. we saw from him in the second half, he looked a lot more comfortable once he came back from injury in the box. And it's a guy that had a lot of success in the minor leagues. I've always thought he could. I never thought he's going to be an all star, but I've always thought he could hit 250 in a in an average year. I yeah, don't think that's asking too much from Danny Jansen. Maybe a better question is over under 20 home runs. I'll say under, but um, mostly just to, I, I don't think he's going to play enough to hit 20 home runs. Yeah, it's, I, it's he's he's a guy who's unlikely to get DH time, right? Unless they're really stacking that deck against against the lefty and uh Kirk's yeah. the catcher that day that's like probably the only time i can see jansen getting any dh time <laughs> yeah patrick what do you know i'm oh go ahead hendo no no i was just i was just gonna agree with you i yeah. uh, i don't think he'll be a guy that that sees any time at dh unless they're really stacking lefties yeah what do you think patrick uh over under 230 and 20 home runs I'll take the over on 230 but i'll take the under on 20 home runs i don't think he'll see enough playing time to get it I, same with Kirk. I don't know that they'll get enough plate appearances. Collectively, if they can hit 30 home runs and drive in about 80 runs batted in, that's that's very successful. As long as their on base is still, you know, strong. I've seen the tandem appear 
on top 10 lists quite often oh yeah in previews and i it was very surprising to me not because i am so down on either of them but i was just kind of surprised it made me think a little bit more critically about our tandem and how it is actually a lot better than we think it is uh especially defensively i i think danny jansen has uh incredible defensive chops and that's why he's there and i think as long as he doesn't have an absolute garbage dumpster truck uh april and may like he did last year <laughs> 230 230 that's an easy over i think he'll crack somewhere close to 240 if not over that and probably about 15 dingers and then kirk it'll be kind of close to the same if yeah. kirk gets more plate appearances then he'll flirt with 20 home runs for sure for sure. Okay, scale of 1 to 10, your confidence level in these guys. Obviously, you just talked about how they're, they've are they been ranked in the top 10 yeah. tandems. How, how do you feel, not only in their offense, but in their catching ability as well, too? Start with you, Patrick. 8 out of, eight eight out eight. of 10. 8 out of 10. Yeah, this is, this is probably the best tandem we've seen in a long time. Yeah, what do you think, Hendo? Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty fair assessment. Um you know, I think it's they're one of those those duos that could be as good as anyone in baseball, or you know, there's still is potential that could that things could go sour too, and uh, and I still don't think that it's off the table that Kirk could get traded at some point. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a seven out of ten. I I feel yeah. like defensively, Jansen's obviously very good. Kirk has a little bit to be desired there still, but he's got a he's got a pretty good arm for a, for a short guy. Um, but then offensively, I think they're going to be among the, the leaders in catching production. So I'll give them a seven overall. Uh, first base, this one's a cakewalk here. We've got a reigning second place in the MVP candidate here, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. His projections look nutty this year. Uh, 304 average on base at 391, the slugging of uh, 598, just bonkers <laughs> wow. numbers. Some people are thinking he might hit 60 home runs this year. Uh, Fangraphs hasn't projected for 5.6 wins above replacement, which is wow. a very good season, which is I think better than his last year by like, I think a full win at least. Yeah. Um, which is crazy to me that he could have a better year than last year. Like, oh my god. Yeah, last year he was a uh, oh he was 6.7 last year, so we're actually a little conservative here in terms of his F WAR. But yeah, it's, I don't know. Vladdy's a pretty good player. Um, Backups at first base, or it could be a smattering of Kevin Biggio, Ghost K. Cotto, Lourdes Curiel. Um, there's going to be just a, a whole variety there. It's I think I don't think we'll see Vladi DHing too much. No, just based on the roster stuff that we have, we don't have obviously Greg Bird requested to be released, so that's going to be interesting. But uh, man, do we think that Vladi can do what he did last year at least, at the very least? Is that like the floor? Yeah. His floor is plus or minus 5% of what he did last year. Um, what's really interesting to me is the way that he's projected out by Fangraphs to have almost a zero fielding value. That's yeah. a remarkable <laughs> improvement they're expecting at uh, defensively at first. And I think that's indicative of the fact that this guy, again, who is what, 22 years old? gonna turn 23 uh, just turn 23 just, turn 23. just yeah. turn 23 like he is still a kid and they're talking about numbers like 60 home runs mm-hmm. uh he's gonna flirt with six war in a season i mean perennial mvp 
The only person who stands in his way, I think, is going to be Shohei Otani. Don't forget about Mike Trout. Everyone's, I didn't. Everyone's sleeping on the Fishman this year. No, Fishman is still good, but Otani <laughs> does it from both both sides of the uh, the plate. That's why. Yeah, Hendo, what do you think? Is 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 Vladdy's twenty twenty one his floor this year? I mean, <laughs> it's a see, good I'm year. always. <clears throat> I'll start by saying that that uh, I'm really excited about the the way that he worked this off season. He's coming yeah. to camp in even better shape. He's talking in really confidently and like he just he's carrying himself like a guy that's going to be the best hitter in baseball. Um, but ha- having said that, I mean, I, he set a bar that's re- pretty ridiculous last year. Yeah. And so, I mean, if he hits 290 with 40 home runs, I'm not going to be like mad at him. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's still a really, really great production, especially from a guy that's making less than $10 million a year. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he did set a bar. Having said all that, I do think he could do even more. I, I'm not expecting him to hit 60 home runs or hit 330, but but he could. That's how much talent he's gotten that bad. It's just kind of scary to think that, <laughs> that that he hasn't reached his potential and, and what we saw last year was was pretty incredible. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. And knock on wood, but in the in the event that Vladi does miss any time, who's going to play the most first base on this roster? Probably Gurriel. You think Gurriel? Yeah, well, I, well, the re- reason I say Gurriel is just because I think they can slide you know Tapia into a starting role in the outfield and True. you know they've got yeah. they've got some options there but um there's not like an obvious guy that becomes like the for the full-time guy there but um hopefully we don't have to think about that or worry hopefully about that not. more than hopefully more not. than for just a game or two here or there yeah this this next one is interesting um second base can i say one more thing oh, yeah go ahead Patrick. about this if and I, I i don't want i don't even want to wish this or put this out into the ethos if Vladdy got hurt, again, we obviously don't want that. If it were to happen, I think the team immediately trades for like Joey Votto or someone similar who's an incredible hitter. <laughs> Give us Joey Votto. To try to sort of balance because I think this team is going for it. So even if Vladdy does get sidelined, and again, don't want that to happen. If it does happen, they will make moves to compensate for it. Yeah. They're going for it. I just wanted them to trade Joey for Joey Votto just solely for his TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but I've been seeing all of his I stuff know. on Twitter, and that dude is just—he just doesn't care. It's awesome. I love Joey Votto so <laughs> his much. His memes are good. <laughs> the memes are good. Joey Votto still bangs. All right. He does. Um, what a guy. He's, okay, second. He's something. He's something else. Yeah. Um, second base. This one's a fun yeah. one here. Uh, the first question, before I even go into any projected stats, who is the real second base here? Will the real second baseman please stand up? Um, who's going to get the most plate appearances as the second baseman this year? Hendo, we'll start with you. Kevin Biggio. Patrick? And then this way, we could, this way Patrick and I can argue about this. Patrick? Mm-hmm. Who's it going to be, Biggio or Espinal? It's going to be Kevin Biggio because... Oh, wow. Because I'll I'll tell you why it's because Biggio has more power than Santiago Espinal, and while Espinal can hit for average and he is the better defender, this team may need to rely on Biggio's power uh, if somebody else goes down. And Biggio has so much more versatility that I think he'll always be in the lineup. He's like our super utility. He's like a good Brock Holt. Yeah. Uh, he'll be able to play everywhere 
and he's a decent fielder. And I think while Espinal had a great year last year, uh, hitting 311 is unsustainable. Yeah. Yeah, in today's baseball, there's not very many guys that can hit 311 over an extended amount of plate appearances. I'll tell you another reason yeah. why Kevin Biggio is going to play most of the games at second base, or at least start them. Uh, only 29% of, of Major League Baseball starters at the end of the 2020 season were left-handed. So 70% of the time, it's a righty that's taking the mound. And that's going to keep Kevin Biggio's left-handed bat in the lineup almost yep. every day. Um just for that fact alone. <laughs> but Espinal is going to play all over the infield, second, short, third, anytime that those guys, Bo and Matt Chapman, rotate through the DH spot or they put Cavan in the outfield for a day. Espinal is going to play a lot. He's probably going to get 400 plate appearances. These guys both probably will get at least that, if not more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you guys. It's It's got to be Biggio. I mean, you've, you've got to give him a chance to have a healthy season. We've seen what Kevin Biggio can do when fully healthy in a full season, like 2019 when he came up. It was looking very good then. Last year in 2020, not so much. Um, now, Fangraphs is projecting Espinal's average to drop to 259. As Patrick mentioned, he hit over 300 last season. Yeah. Is, is that large of a drop in average going to happen? Or is that no. just the conservative projection systems taking place here? No, I think it's a little intense. I don't. I think that he has great eyes. He's not. He doesn't. His plate vision isn't nearly as good as Kavan Biggio's because, uh, unfortunately for Santiago Espinal, his father isn't Craig Biggio, <laughs> so he, there is that disadvantage. Um, but that being said, like they have Biggio at two twenty six, he's going to hit higher than that. I think. I think Biggio's reasonable ceiling is uh flirting uh with 240 and above and Santiago's not going to drop 60 points on average he's put on 15 pounds of muscle everybody's talked about it ad nauseum it's really going to be an interesting battle and we could end up all being wrong Espinal might end up still being a 300 hitter who can also hit you know a lot of extra base hits yeah who knows? what if Espinal comes in and hits 30 home runs this year because he's so jacked now uh... well then we're we're super wrong but I I just don't see his <laughs> Uh, his success from last year being sustainable. Eventually, a player must regress to the mean. Yeah. And uh, I'm not, he's not going to hit 259, but he's not going to hit 311 either. It'll be somewhere in the middle, 280. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Now, Gosuke Kato, let's talk yeah. about him here. This guy's interesting to me. Well, I just got to add a point one, real quick about Espinal. Yeah. So, just uh, I, I think that that's a fair guess on his batting average. Um, because 311 is way over his head, if you ask me. Yeah. But I think the biggest key is that um, if he plays as much as he might, um, he'd have to spend a lot more time hitting against same side pitching. And last year he had 61 games against righties and 54 against lefties. Yeah. Um, which he was kind of, he was sort of a platoon guy, but then when they were dealing with injuries and he started playing a little more every day for a while, but he hit 348 against lefties hmm. and 285 against righties. Hmm. So. Uh, the more that he plays against same siders, the more that batting average is going to drop, which is fair enough. For yeah, sure, yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, you're you're definitely onto something there. Um, and that's just the again with the the amount of the sheer amount of right-handed pitching in the, in the league. It's, it's he's going to have to get some right. of those same side starts for sure. Um, Gosuke Kato, this guy has made the team. I I didn't see this one coming nope. at the beginning of the spring of, of the spring. That's for sure. 
uh, career minor leaguer. He's, he's drafted back in 2013 in the second round, 66th overall by the Yankees. Now, he's had some success in AAA. He hit 306 last year with the Padres. Doesn't have a ton of power, but he has a great on-base percentage. And he's a really good fielder. He played basically every position except for center field and catcher uh, for the Padres minor league team. And he made one error all season combined. Holy smokes. So the guy's got, definitely got a slick glove and is going to move around the diamond a lot for the Blue Jays. He'll be a late-game replacement after a pinch runner or a pinch hitter, or he could just be a guy who gets the odd spot start here and there, especially against right-handed pitching because he is also left-handed. Um, once the Greg Bird release happened, this guy kind of just as- assumed that left-handed bench role, especially with the utility. Were you surprised at how he kind of emerge this spring hendo big time yeah i he wasn't on my radar at all and especially after the way that uh bird was producing it kind of looked like a lock that he'd be the bench bat and you know maybe a platoon guy is the dh and back up vlad at first it all made a ton of sense and it makes no sense that bird went back to new york where he's like the 47th <laughs> guy at first base on the depth chart I'm, i don't yeah that's that's bad i don't get it to me right oh my god <laughs> But whatever, I mean, me, there must there, there's reasons, obviously, and, I, and I'm not sure what they are. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, as far as this guy, I mean, he's exciting to. He's just that Robbie Ray video that he put out was uh, <laughs> Robbie Ray's pants. pants video yeah, was, he was great. Robbie Ray's and, pants. <laughs> you know, and and that and that might be part of the maybe it's you know that's part of what the Blue Jays have been building for the last few years. It's just like a great clubhouse culture, and maybe he's just like that guy that's like is adding that special sauce to the. <laughs> to the mix that's good you know maybe they saw something in just the just the morale of the group of the guys and, and his versatility is great and yeah i mean let's face it he's not gonna he's not gonna play much anyway unless there's injuries so no um if he can be that energy guy off the bench cool patrick your expectations for kato late game replacement i don't think he'll see more than 100 pas and if he does then someone got hurt or someone yeah. got hurt um but that being said uh, great online personality, great in interviews. He seems to be given that energy, uh, uh, as you guys have sort of alluded to. Uh, he's, yeah, I just think he'll be an interesting part of the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they also, yeah, I don't think he'll see a lot of play. I mean, he's definitely persevered. As, I mean, he was drafted in 2013. So, I mean, for the guy at 27 years old making his first big league opening day roster, that's says something about the type of guy that he is he has he's stuck with the game he obviously loves playing baseball so we we, hopefully we wish him nothing but the best but uh better question probably is does he finish the team or finish the season with the team or is he does he get released or dfa'd partway through (laughs) i'd be surprised if he's still here at the end yeah but what other positions does he play he plays second short third left field right field first base Everywhere but center field and catcher, and he does. I don't think he pitches either, but he probably could. <laughs> I think if Groshan, I think if Groshans develops the way that is expected or hoped, I think Groshans is more likely to be the off the bench bat. But there is value in in his, uh, as you mentioned, the, the left handed bat. So I don't. I'd say no. I think he'll yeah. probably, and it'll end up being our bench guys will probably include Groshans. Um, which is weird to say because Groshans is 
going to be a lot better than a bench player, but I think just for him to get started, I think he'll get his feet wet this year. Remember, we also have Otto Lopez on the 40-man roster as well, too, as a utility infielder. Yeah. So he's another guy that could see time in the event of an injury. Yeah. Well, yeah. and as we saw the last couple of years, too, I mean, the Blue Jays aren't shy about picking up people if they're in the playoff race. I mean, we, it was yeah. it was uh, Dickerson last year and Villar the year before. And so to me that he just – this just screams a situation where when the time is right, they'll upgrade when they need to, unless he's played himself into a different role. Yeah, I tell you who's not going to be uh, on the Blue Jays roster anytime this season, Jose Ramirez. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if you missed it, he got extended for five more years in Cleveland. It was like five years, $124 million, so pretty still thank, seems like thank a good deal. Yeah, thank goodness, because I didn't see him on the roster as a fit. Yeah. And also financially, I didn't see it as a fit a couple of years from now, too, when we've got to do some extending. Um, but yeah, no, those rumors can finally die. Yeah. I'm so happy I'll sleep better at night knowing that I don't have to wake up to a mega trade where we give every prospect to Cleveland. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad. But uh, <laughs> shortstop, this is a good one. This will be quick. Bo Bichette is going to start as many games as he's healthy for the Blue Jays this year. He's yep. projected to be about a five-war player on fan graphs, hit about 290, uh, OPS of 840. Like, the guy's going to mash. He's had a rough spring. I think he hit, like, sub-200 in the spring, but eh. uh means nothing. He got his at-bats in. He was close to hitting – well, he hit 20, was it 29 home runs last year and still, like, yep. 25 bases or something. So he's almost a 30-30 player. Is Bo going to hit, to uh, have a 30-30 season this year or any time in his career? That's a good question to ask you guys. <laughs> yes. Yes? It will be this year. Yes. Ooh. I think this is Bo Bichette's breakout year. Will he go 30-30-30 with doubles as well? No. Um, that's what? too good to be what? true. That's what? too good to be. That's he's going to have more doubles than home runs, Patrick. So if he, steals, if he steals 30 bases, he's going to have 30 doubles. All right, fine. I'll say yes then. 30-30-30 sounds good. I think Bo is <laughs> going to have such a good year that I, I, I hate to say it, to put it out there, but, you know, if, if he can get going on the base path, 40-40 is not impossible. He has the speed. He has the power. If, if he starts off hot, I, I see him hitting close to 300 and flirting quite a bit with 40-40. We'll see, though. I, I'm interested to see how he evolves as a, a fielder because if he has sees improvements, he might actually be higher than a five-war player. I think he might actually be uh, one of the most valuable of players, mm -hmm. and that's some foreshadowing mm -hmm. for you. What do you think, Hendo? Uh, you know, I think it depends on where he hits in the lineup. Yeah. Um, and, like, right now it's looking like he'll probably hit fourth. Um but it's I, I really think it depends on when as far as how many how many attempts he's gonna make. I mean if you if he's hitting fourth or fifth and he's got, you know, Guriel and Chapman or and those guys coming up behind him, then I really like the idea of him being an aggressive base runner. Mm -hmm. Um but he's he's hitting it in front of Teoscar and possibly Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at some point in the season, then I don't really like him being an aggressive runner. Um so I really think that's the key to it all. Can he do it? Absolutely. But uh, it just depends on what kind of role he has to play. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, I see him for sure as, as I think he can I think he can hit thirty dingers and at least thirty doubles, obviously. And yeah, the stolen bases, it, again, yeah, I'm totally with you. It depends on 
on where he's hitting. I've, I've I think I still like Bo in in the, like the the three spot or the two spot more than I like him cleanup. He had great numbers hitting fourth last year, but I don't know. I, I still I still like him ahead of Teoscar Hernandez. I feel yeah. like by doing that you boost Teoscar even more because obviously you've got somebody on base you're not going to pitch around him. Yep. Um, RBI machine Teoscar yeah. Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. Te- Teoscar Hernandez, as Buck Martinez would say. <laughs> uh, I, I see Bo as a, a two guy. You go Springer, Bichette, and then Guerrero, and then Teoscar. Uh, I like I like Vladi at I like Vladi at three, and yeah, I, I like that. I don't know, Vladi at two is good. It, there's, I mean, it's it's a really an embarrassment of riches when you're you're. It's a deep you know, lineup. Talking about where you hit yeah. Vladi, Bo, and, and Teoscar. As you obviously Springer, we know he's going to lead off, but man, the lineup is probably even more deep than it was a year ago at this point chappy at chappy at five and then guriel <laughs> is six. six it's like yeah guriel yeah, probably five you, you just yeah. you don't get a break there's no, no break no breaks well uh, in some of the lineups we've seen, we've seen kirk yeah kirk DHing at five or six being, yeah right like geez yeah that's just that's that just hurts me as a, a fan of the opposition that would be a little bit painful to look at as your team takes the field um indeed Third base, this is where the Jays made a big defensive upgrade. Obviously, we know that Kevin Biggio struggled there last year. Santiago Espinal played a great third base and hit 311 last year, as we've already talked about. But Matt Chapman is all-world defender at third base. We've seen him make some great plays at uh, during the spring. They've talked about how deep he plays compared to other third basemen because he has the incredible range and a great arm. Um he's projected to hit about 230 we know he had a down year last year he was still building his strength back over after the uh hip surgery he had at the end of the 2020 season um he had a decent spring as well too he showed off some pop he's been striking out a lot the last couple of years though is 35 percent in 2020 and 32 percent last year so his career numbers are about 27 percent which is ballooned by those last two years like, what can we expect from Chapman offensively? And I'll start with you, Chris. You know what? I think what he's done the last couple of years is is kind of the floor that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, last season he had 27 home runs 27 and 72 dangers, yeah. RBI. <laughs> I mean, his his on-base percentage was 314. So, I mean, that, that's nothing to be very excited about. But I think we have to remember that we're this is a guy that's going to hit sixth or seventh in the lineup. And um, we he doesn't have to be... Uh, you know, a Hank Aaron award candidate in order for this team to be successful. Um, having said that with, um, you know, he, with him recovering from his surgery, there's been lots of reports. I can't remember. There was one tweet I remember from a few weeks ago from one of his ex teammates that was talking about how he's all the way back now. And Blue mm-hmm. Jays fans are going to be just incredibly excited to see him, you know, cause he wasn't there are reports that he wasn't fully hundred percent healthy last year. And when we're talking about the hips, I mean that's as important as anything when it comes to hitting. So, um, yeah. I I think I think he's going to outperform when he did last year. Um, but I I think people have to just make sure that they remember that he doesn't have to replace Marcus Simeon um, on offense because he's going to bring more with a glove um, than Simeon did. And he's going to prove the Blue Jays in in different ways, but I think probably even more. And Simeon won a Gold Glove last year, so <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And he won a, did he win a silver slugger too? What second base? Something he, like that. He did, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Double award winner. And Chapman's gonna be better defensively, which is insane. Um, Patrick, what do you think he's gonna do offensively? Like 
is he going to be similar to his numbers from last year or is he going to improve on those no it'll be way up way 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 up it's he's going to be playing in uh, or sorry al east uh parks for over half the year probably be closer to two-thirds a lot of short porches um i think his stats are going to look very close to 2019's numbers where he hit 36 home runs 91 rbis injected into my veins a slash about two uh, he won't hit 250 but he'll hit about 240 i think he's gonna hit 250 uh i put his ops somewhere around 830 840 something like that um he'll be a gold glover i think that's pretty much a slam dunk he's one of the best defenders of the last 40 years yeah um he's already demonstrated that statistically as well as visually uh if you like watching highlight reels or sizzle <laughs> reels of matt chapman you can get into that on if you go to youtube.com um <laughs> I, I i just see i just see this as like uh, a renaissance year for him i expect yeah. i expect he's gonna bounce back hit at least 240 at least 30 home runs uh, he's not a fast man. He's not going to steal you any bases, but he's he's just going to go out there and slug. And I think he's a great five or six hitter. Uh, yeah. And boy, what an embarrassment of riches, as you alluded to, where Matt Chapman, who normally would be, you know, your fourth or fifth guy, might end up hitting like six. For sure. Behind that's... Guriel. It's really, it depends on how they choose to lengthen the lineup, but that's a deadly bass. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, let's tackle. Let's tackle the outfield as a whole here, because the starters are very obvious. You've got Guriel in left, Springer in center, and then Teoscar will get the most playing time in right field. That's a pretty good outfield <laughs> offensively. Um, defensively, Springer's your best defender out there. Guriel's got your best arm, and Teoscar's going to have lots of adventures, um, as we've seen with his route running. Backup wise, you've got Tapia who came over from Colorado in the Randall Grichuk swap. Um, Jay's also got Adrian Pinto, which is a super fast prospect. If you want some to look up some mm-hmm. God, God number uh, DSL stats, check his numbers out. But um, yeah. What, what, how do you guys feel about the starting outfield? Like, is, is this a full season of George Springer? Like, are we going to see him play 150 games this year? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and as much as like there's there's some question marks about the Blue Jays outfield, because I mean Guriel, despite being nominated for a gold glove, is still <laughs> a very shaky shaky defender at the best of times. And Hernandez yeah. has gotten way better. He's I think he's actually pretty decent now, but he's had so many so many problems in the past that people still think of him as a pretty weak outfielder. But I mean, if you look at it from an offensive perspective, you got Springer who, when he's healthy, is one of the most dangerous hitters in the American League. Mm-hmm. Teoscar Hernandez has won back-to-back Silver Slugger Awards and been an all-star. And what Guriel did in the second half last season yeah. was was arguably better than both of the, the other two. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if, if they reach their potential, this is the best outfield in baseball. 100%. From and an then, offensive perspective, anyway. Yeah, and then you add in Tapia, who's incredibly quick. His career average is around 270. Like, the guy's no slouch either in terms of what he can do with the bat, but it's defensively really why they brought him over in exchange for Grichuk and also to get a left, another bat from the left side. Uh, another guy who's just seems like he's a super fun clubhouse guy. He'll fit right in with the young team. Um, Fangraphs has him projected to get like 
just over 400 plate appearances when all is said and done. Mm-hmm. Do we feel like that's accurate or is that a little high? That's really high. It's really high. They're, it's going to also... depend on health. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, if, if Springer has issues or if any of them have health, then Tappy is going to get 500 at bats. Yeah. But, um, but if they're if the roster's healthy, then he shouldn't have 400. Keep bats. in mind that they're also projecting Teoscar to have about 250 of his appearances at the DH spot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another reason why they have Tapia getting more is because he's projected to get about 210 in right field. So. Right. Um, well, and, I, and if Espinal plays well, I think Biggio could spend some time in the outfield. Like, yeah. That's yeah. that's, that's something that I I think I wrote an article about that like a week or so ago. Um. And it, that's exactly it. If, if Espinal is playing well enough where he's demanding playing time, then Biggio's going to slide around a lot more. Agreed. Yeah, no, totally with you there. Um, Patrick, how do you feel about uh, the outfield defensively? We've talked about the offense in depth here, but defensively, what do you like about the starters anyway? <laughs> do you feel pretty what confident? I, <laughs> what I like most about the outfield as far as defense goes is that their, outf- their offensive output will over shadow uh any <laughs> defensive flubs uh that exist i don't think they're by any means the, uh in the top 15 defensive outfielders mm-hmm. but as far as uh offensive and overall this is the best outfield in baseball just remember I that can't... sorry to cut you off but no matter how bad the defense is the phillies will always be worse this year <laughs> yeah i suppose oh that's God. true but uh what i find very interesting is how uh, oddly sharp a decline uh, Fangraphs has in Tasker Hernandez's average, dropping about 34 points to about 260, uh, yeah. down from 296. Uh, he hit 289 the year before. I, I don't understand why they're so, uh, they're, they're so adamant that his average is going to drop that much. The real Teoscar Hernandez we saw last year, he had 32 home runs, 116 RBIs, uh, 12 stolen bases. Let's remember that, too. This guy got MVP votes, and he's going to get him again this year. I think he's the most underrated player on this team, uh, and I think he's one of the best hitters in baseball. And I think everybody is going to find out this year that 2020 and 2021 were no joke. And I think that Teoscar Hernandez takes another step forward this year uh, and I think he he cracks forty. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're not incorrect. Um, DH spot. We've already talked about this. We're just going to gloss over it. But Teoscar, Kirk, Springer are probably going to be the guys who see the most time here. It'll be a smattering of other players as we go through the season. Um, not many teams are going with a full time DH anymore because of the flexibility that that having players who can actually play in the field gives you looking at albert pujols <laughs> and uh, nelson cruz here um yeah which is still can't believe that the cardinals brought pujols back but uh another story for another day but yeah dh dh wise we'll see teoscar kirk and springer split the most time there and that's really all there is to be said about it um pitching let's go to the mound we've got starting pitchers and relief pitchers before we get into our, our predictions here. So the rotation is a pretty strong five. You've got Brios making the open day start. You've got the big offseason acquisition, Kevin Gosman and slotting in at second. Hunjin Ryu in third. 
Kikuchi and Manoa, fourth and fifth. Probably Manoa, fourth, Kikuchi, fifth, as the Jays put on their Twitter today. Um, that's a pretty good starting five. It's been ranked second in baseball behind the Mets, and we know that DeGrom's going to be out for a while, and Scherzer's a little bit banged up right now, too. So the Jays come in with the, the healthiest, no, they're the, the best rotation in baseball because it's healthy coming into the season anyway. I don't know if there's ever been a time in, in my lifetime where we've been able to say that. <laughs> the Jays have the best rotation in baseball. Um, confidence level on a scale of 1 to 10 with these guys. I'll start with you, Patrick, on this one. 10. 10. Hendo? Yep. Um, 7 or 8. Yeah, I'm I'm an 8 at best. I, just, I worry about Ryu and Kikuchi the most. Ryu health-wise... And Kikuchi, is he first half or second half Kikuchi from 2021? Because second half Kikuchi was bad. And mm-hmm. first half Kikuchi was an all-star. Um, he could be somewhere in the middle, and I would be perfectly fine with that. But how do we... F- man, how do we feel about Ryu? Like, we're, he's making 20 million bucks this year and next year. Had a rough, a really rough second half of 2021. Do you like his chances to bounce back this year, Hendo? I do, actually. You know, and because for a variety of reasons. One, they're, you know, they're not coming off a shortened season like they were the year before. Uh, I think that's huge because his arm just was, it, it just looked like he tired out down the stretch last year. And to me, he just, yeah, he wasn't the same guy in the second half. He just looked like he was gassed. And, I think the Blue Jays have enough depth this year that they don't need him to be the guy. You know, when their bullpen was falling apart in, in May last year, they were asking him to throw seven innings every time for a while, and and I think that really impacted him <laughs> as the season went on. Yeah, this time around, he's going to be the number three or the number four guy. So he's the you know I'm not worried about Gosman. I'm not worried about Brios, um, and I'm not really that worried about Ryu. Um, Kikuchi, I'm, I'm a little concerned about for the same reasons that you are. But the, the one that I, that I'm a little bit worried about is Manoa, and not because I doubt his talent. He's he's got talent coming out as Ying Yang, but I mean, there's so many guys that struggle in their sophomore season, and when the league gets mm-hmm. more tape, gets more tape on them, and as they adjust to them, and and you know, it's I, I definitely think Manoa is going to be have a solid year, and he's going to be an important part of the rotation. But I think some people are, you know, talking about him as a Cy Young candidate, I think is unfair. Yeah, that's a lofty goal for a sophomore pitcher. Don't get me wrong. I I think he's great. Um, But just I think we got to temper our expectations for him. But when you look at the whole five as a a group, I'm I'm pumped. Yeah. And if we saw, let's look at uh, Manoa had a really good spring too, which is always important for a pitcher. Um, yep. Got off to that good start. He had a 0.64 ERA. Um, so that's that's pretty good. Give up one earned run all spring. And, I mean, it was striking out guys. His command looked a little bit better. He was throwing the slider for more strikes instead of it being out of the zone all the time. I don't know. He's a, he's a guy that I could see just doing what he did last year, and I'd be more than okay with that. I'm oh, yeah. more interested to watch the – gosman and ray comps all year to see which of those two guys does have a better year um obviously the al east is a little bit deeper than the al west but uh i don't know i, I i'm curious to see that that gosman sinker that we finally got to see in a game this week was absolute filthiest he just like he bounces the ball in the dirt and guys are swinging at it like it's 
it's crazy how, how much that thing dives. But um, having Gosman and Brios one and two, that's a pretty good one to punch. But looking past these first five people, Nate Pearson has mono, which is really unfortunate because he was likely going to break the break camp with the team. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on Ross Stripling as the, the long man slash spot starter. And the Jays have like one off day in the first like month plus of the season. Yeah. Do we, do we think that they're ever going to go with a six man rotation a couple times just to give guys an extra break or is it not going to be a thing? I, yeah, I think strips is going to see a lot more spot starts than what is projected. Um, he is a solid bulk arm and I understand uh, he had a great uh, stretch where he was our most reliable starter, which is strange to say because it was flanked by two periods of time where he really struggled. Um, to be fair to him at the end of the year, the struggles were mostly because he was returning from an injury. It was hard to do. It's hard to do. The team's pushing as hard as they can to get into the playoffs. So I, I, I don't, I think the real Ross Stripling is more of the guy that we saw down, uh, like in the in the mid stretch, uh, who saved this team a bunch of times, uh, more times than he, he did cost the team. Um, but again, maybe I'm just biased because I just like the guy. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's going to get at least a hundred innings um, in bulk and spot starts because. It's just a fact. Not every starter is going to be healthy 100% of the time. And I think Ryu is getting up there, and he's probably going to get more breaks than we uh, than we think he's going to get. And Strips will be there, and he'll be ready. And hopefully when Nate comes back, he's ready for it too, because I think he'll be ready to do some, some bulk as well. We'll have to see how injuries pan out. The starter I'm most excited for is Manoa. I think that people are going to be shocked at how dominant he is. Uh, the stats don't lie. He he absolutely throttled the American League East when he played. I understand sophomore slump is a real thing, and guys are going to be watching this tape a lot uh, in the offseason, as they have been, uh, and as they will continue to do so. But I think this kid is a, a friggin' star. More more than I think I've seen in, in most uh, starters that we've had come through, uh, you know, the minor leagues and, and then mm-hmm. the Jays. So I, I think strips is kind of an X factor, but I think the biggest one is Manoa. And I really do think he's going to have an excellent season. Yeah. It's definitely a better rotation than the one that the Jays started with last year. It's still hard to believe <laughs> that they won as many games as they did with how the season started. Yeah, um, right. When you have TJ Zoic starting in Yankee Stadium on opening weekend, it's I, I'd erase that from my memory. Oh my god, it's it's <laughs> it's incredible to think about that, and then also the new depth in the bullpen. Um, yeah. we've got yeah. a it's a deep pen. It's anchored by Jordan Romano. You got Adam Simber, Tim Meza, Himmy Garcia, Trevor Richards, who can all pitch in high leverage late inning situations. You've got Stripling as the bulk man, who we just talked about. Julian Merriweather's been told he's made the team, and David Phelps is on the team. The Sauce Man is on the team, and then you've got Ryan Berecki, who may start the season on the uh, injured list. Doesn't have any options left, so we just need to see what happens with him. And then beyond that, there's Trent Thornton, 
<laughs> Graham Spraker, Thomas Hatch, Andrew Vasquez, Anthony Castro, Anthony Kay, Bowden Francis. It's a deep group of pitchers this year. Um, missing is Tyler Chatwood, who is the Blue Jays MVP at start of the year last year for about a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then yeah. uh, we all know what happened there. But how much faith do we have in the pen? Um, we just gave the starting pitchers anywhere from like a 7 to like a 10. <laughs> but uh, how do we feel about the bullpen? Hendo, we'll start with you. You know, I probably about the same number, but for different reasons. I love the depth this time around. Like, I, 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 David Phelps is an arm I really like, and he's probably sixth or seventh on the depth chart. So, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's a group that I think I wrote an article that maybe even came out today, and it, and I talked about just how they're not going to make the same mistake twice that they made last year, where they had to just like sign guys off the street to get through innings. Um, and, and it's great because that was the Achilles seal for the season last year. I mean, they missed the playoffs by one game and they had 472 blown saves in May. And, uh, you know, it was it was a disaster. So for to see them go after that much depth and to not spend that much money either in that area, which is a thing that I'm a fan of when it comes to the bullpen. It's such a volatile area of the roster that I, I'm a much bigger fan of signing guys like Garcia and Phelps and and making sure you have those arms uh, in depth because it's just a volatile area of the team. Yeah. Patrick, how do you feel about the pen? Six or a seven. I do kind of wish we had picked up a, a Kenley Jansen or somebody else to really uh, make the high leverage situations feel safer. I have all the confidence in the world in Jordan Romano, Adam Simber, and Tim Meza. After that, I don't know. I'm a little scared. I'm a little nervous. Um, I don't know enough, though, about Trevor Richards or Yemi Garcia to feel super confident. Um, and Julian Merriweather is really a big X factor. I don't know what to expect from him. He's a, more like a wild card, I would say, than an X factor. Yeah. Well, whatever <laughs> you want to say. I don't. I have absolutely no idea what to expect from him because he looked terrific until he got hurt uh last year in april or may whatever it was april uh and by the time he came back yeah it's i'm not even sure it was the same guy you could you he could have walked out onto the mound somebody wearing a merriweather (laughs) yeah you would have been able to convince me it was it was just it was tough i think Um, yeah i think my biggest concern is just the injury history of these guys yeah. Romano spent some time on the IL we obviously know Tim Mesa missed the full season Stripling has had some IL history Merriweather's had tons Phelps missed a lot of last year after he blew out his arm Barucki's already hurt he was hurt a couple times last year Nate Pearson just can't catch a break if it's not his his uh body it's his it's a sickness that gets him um so I, I worry about a little bit about the depth if there are a couple of injuries, especially to the the high out leverage guys, like if all of a sudden you start seeing David Phelps more in the eighth inning, or uh, like a Trevor Richards having to close, like I get a little oh. bit less confident there. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. But we know injuries are going to happen. It's it's a 162 game season after a short spring training, after a weird off season again. Hasn't been a regular off season in like three years. Um, thanks coronavirus but I don't know for me it's just a health concern but at least on paper pretty confident about a seven and a half out of ten for me I I, I definitely look at this team's roster compared to opening day last year and it's like 
if that team won 91 games, this one should win 120 <laughs> just based on the guys yeah. that they have in the rotation compared to last year and the bullpen depth and, and what we know about Flatty and Bo now. It's just, yeah, it's it's insane to me that that team was able to win 91 games despite everything that they had to go through. And not only that, but playing in three different home ballparks. So well, look at how hot they were in September. Yeah, that's the answer, really. It's as bad as May. I think was. they were like September something like 25 and 11 at Rogers Center last year. Yeah, After <laughs> they, they came back. So and the runs scored per game were like crazy. But speaking of which, we've got about let's say like 10 minutes left. Let's let's talk about some predictions here. Um, this is the fun part. How many wins? Like, what's the what's the final record predictions this year? We'll start with you, Chris. Oh, I tweeted something about this the other day, and I think yeah, I said I remember. I think I that. said ninety five wins. I think was my was my total ninety five and, and sixty seven. I guess that'd be yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I I think that's about what I you know. I, I think 96 wins. I do think they are going to be more successful. They're going to be a stronger team, but I also think that the division is weaker. Um, and this might be the last year that, that that matters, right? They're talking about a more balanced schedule going forward. But, um, true, you know, the the Yankees made some questionable offseason decisions. Um, the Red Sox signed Trevor Story, but they lost Rodriguez. And I'm not sure exactly what they're doing they're there. Their pitching I feel is like... soft. And just sails out for a while too, right? 60 days. Yeah. Out. They've got some nice young arms, but you're right. Their pitching is just it, – it's it's weak. And uh, the Rays just keep trading. I mean, they'll find a way to be good no matter what because they're the Rays. But, <laughs> I mean, they, they just keep trading away valuable guys. Like, uh, you know, Austin Meadows got sent to Detroit. Um, and yeah. so I, I do think the Blue Jays will win the division. I think it's going to be a tight race, and the Rays are going to be a pain in the ass as they always are. But but uh, I'm not like one of these guys that think they're going to win 102 games or something. I, I'm more of a – I don't know. I don't know if uh, conservative, um, 95 or 95, six wins is uh, a conservative guess, but uh, this is a talented team and it's going to be a great year. Yeah, that, that pick for Meadows to Detroit is it's weird to me. I don't know why they traded him, but yeah, it doesn't uh, make any sense. Detroit's going to be good anyway. But uh, yeah. Patrick, what's your record prediction for the Jays this year? Uh, I am taking the over on Fangraph's projection of 88 wins. They have four teams winning 88 yeah. games in the division. I, I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> I think the Jays, the Jays are going to go 92 and 70, and they're going to get the wild, the first wild card spot. The reason why is because I look at this pen and I, it yes, it does look better than it did last year, but. I don't know, man. There's still question marks. Um, as long as the team is healthy, this team could easily smoke that. They could win 120 games with this lineup if everybody brings their, their A-plus game every game. But that's not realistic, and people get injured. Uh, it's just inevitable. I think 92-70 and 70 is a very conservative estimate of what this team is capable of. Um, but I do think they punched their ticket for the playoffs, and they, I think they probably do it a little bit earlier than what uh, would have happened last year had they had, uh, you know, gotten in at the end there. 92 and 70, I think, is pretty fair. I'm going to go uh, 98 and 60, 64. Holy smokes. Yeah. Is that a division win? Then? That's a division win. Yeah. All right. I like it. Yeah. Division title. I like it. Yeah. Okay. And I'll go even further and say that that'll be the most wins in baseball this year. I don't think there's going to be a 100-win team. 
So I think the NL West is going to beat up on each other a bit more this year because the Padres yeah. shouldn't be as bad no, in the second they half. Won't be. Um, so I think that the there won't be a hundred win team in baseball this year. I'm going to throw it out there. Um, who's going to be the team's MVP, not the league MVP, the team MVP? Patrick, we'll go with you first this time. Bobachet. Hendo. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Vladdy as well because I just think that he's gonna hit 75 home runs or something stupid. Yeah, just to prove us all. It's wrong. not interesting if we know. all say Vladdy. I think Bo. I think this <laughs> is fair. gonna be a breakout year for Bo. I I do think 30-30 is. I wouldn't say a lock, but I think it's a, um, as sure a thing with him as I think it, he can get, Man. especially if he starts hot. <laughs> I, I keep seeing people say, like, it's a breakout year for Bo. I mean, the guy hit 298 last year and had yeah, the yeah. League and led the league in hits. Like, yeah, but I think what's he's a breakout? Gonna hit, like, <laughs> I think he's going to hit, like, close to 330. Oh, my God. Like, I think he's he's going to bring a level of Is this patience. guy John Olderud or what? Yeah, he's going to be the next Johnny O. <laughs> um, but I do think he's going to crack at least 30 home runs. He's going to flirt with 40, and I think he's got the wheels to do it. Somewhere between 30 and 35 stolen bases. Maybe get real close to 40. I just think this is his year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Blue Jays Cy Young Award winner. Who's that going to be? Burrios. I I really like him. I think he's going to be the ace of the stuff. Patrick? Alec Manoa. I'm sorry. I know I, I acknowledge the sophomore slump is a real thing, but I think Alec Manoa demonstrated such utter dominance last year towards the American League East and the schedule is probably going to favor him seeing a lot of starts against them and I think he's just going to stomp them. It's going to be amazing. We're all going to love it. <laughs> I mean, I would love that. Yeah, I'm going to say Kevin Gosman. I'm going to be I'm going to be going a third yeah, different yeah. way here. But yeah, I just It's just, a beautiful thing to have three great answers three great answers and i think people are gonna i, th- I think hunjin ryu is not going to be as bad as he was last year no i, I don't, don't so i don't see it happening he's actually like obviously we know he was working out with his old kbo team during the lockout so he, he came into camp probably in better shape yeah. than any other, anybody else um hopefully in terms of pitch pitch counts and game shape that sort of thing for in terms of his game shape anyway but uh um silver sluggers will the jays have any silver sluggers this year yeah, how many? <laughs> I'm gonna no. I'm gonna, I was just counting in my head. Uh, yeah. I'll say three. Uh, no, I'll say four. Four, four. Springer, Tay, Oscar, Vlad, and Blue. Patrick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna say five. I think Holy that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is gonna win the left field silver slugger this year. Wow. Yeah, and Springer could do it in, in center too. Who knows? Like it's. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Embarrassment of riches. I think five Blue Jays will win Silver Sluggers this year. Holy smokes! That would be uh, Whamco territory. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and we know Matt Chapman is a great defender, and he's probably the favorite to win the American League Gold Glove. So, outside of Chapman, will the Jays have any Gold Gloves this year? Nah. Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on paper right now. You're gonna love this, Justin. Gold glove, Jansen. yeah. Danny Hell Daniel yeah. Jansen is, is going to be gold glove behind the behind the base pass this year. I think. Oh boy. He's not going to have to deal with the yips at the plate, and I think he's just going to be dialed in, and he's going to be a monster behind the plate. 
Yeah, there you we go. we didn't talk about it, but having a better pitching staff also makes the catcher's jobs a lot easier too. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, it does. True. Oh True. man, when you're not when you're looking out there and you're not staring down Tyler Chatwood, you don't see Carl Edwards Jr. out there. Like, oh man, like he. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. It's shots just fired. Like, shots right. fired. You 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 definitely have a bit more confidence. Um, yep. We've talked about a lot of a lot of stats, but in terms of like expectations will there be any underachievers on this starting roster this year who's who's the most likely to underachieve fan expectations we'll put it that way this is tough. <laughs> i'll, I'll say chapman just because i think people have unfair expectations of him in some ways i mean he he comes to the resume where he was a uh, he finished sixth in in mvp voting in 2019 and yeah um you know, I think people are going to expect him to replace Semi, and, and as I said earlier on, I, I think he will, but just in different ways. He'll bring that same value, but he's not going to be a silver slugger at third base. I, he'll still be a very solid bat in the lineup, but um, but Semyon was was the third place finisher in the MVP last year. That's that's tough to replace. Yeah, almost impossible to replace. Patrick, any underachievers in terms of fan can, expectations? Can I just say the bullpen? I understand. Yeah. The, this bullpen is better than last year's bullpen, but I, I do think we need to really temper the expectations. I, I, I love Jordan Romano. I think he's a great closer. And I, Adam Simber, there are very few pitchers who just don't give up home runs the way that he does. And Tim Meza had a great comeback story last year. But after that, I don't know, man. It gets a bit scary and I, I don't know if – do we want Julian Merriweather to have 46 innings? I don't know, man. That's what he's projected to do. It depends David, which Julian Merriweather we get. Yeah, David yeah. Phelps, 42 innings. Is he really that good that he – like, are we he really is. that dominant? He is. Yeah. David Phelps is, is great. but, but That I gives me a little bit more confidence to hear you say that, Chris, but – I, I still think the bullpen is going to under underachieve. I'm not saying they're going to blow as many starts as they did or blow as many games as they did in 2021. We're, we're not going to have another May, um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think we should temper the expectations of what we're going to see from them outside of our like immediate high leverage, highest leverage guys. Yeah. Uh, for me, Underachievers, I, I, as much as I had said, I think Alejandro Kirk's gonna underachieve. Yeah, I think I think a lot of fans are expecting him to hit like two eighty with like twenty five home runs. Oh he's just he's, he's not gonna get the playing time. We talked about that. I think he's gonna hit two two sixty with have like a three twenty or three thirty on base, which is still great. But I think a lot of people are expecting him to hit a lot of home runs. He's gonna. I think he's going to be. A, he's gonna be a guy who's gonna have more home runs than doubles. I think. He's just not fast. <laughs> I think You're he's going to be right. like 18 homers and maybe similar amount of doubles. Maybe he'll hit 20 doubles, but like it depends how much playing time he gets. And yeah, I like the guy, but I think he's going to underachieve fan expectations. Now, in terms of trades, we've got, uh, let's say, two questions here. Um, just, well, counting this one. Who's the most likely on this roster right now to get traded during the season? Kirk. Patrick? Uh, 
I hate to say it, but probably Ross Stripling. Lord Escurial Jr. That's a good that's a good one too. And it's it's not to say that Guriel uh is by any means not worth keeping. It's because he's such a high value player. Um he could be somebody's like batting third or fourth on another team on like a Kansas City. He'd be a big big star on a team like that right. that's just rebuilding. I don't know why I'm trying to make excuses for him, but I just love him. <laughs> All right. And now that's out of the way. Last year, Patrick said that Tim Meza was going to be great. He said that Steven Matz was going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick wrote the sheet, so I'm just reading off his... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't write those words, but I'm paraphrasing. Um, the question verbatim is, who is this year's Steven Matz and Tim Meza? Who is going to shock the Blue Jays world and be just a great contributor all season long. Patrick, we'll start with you since it's your question. Um, who do you, who do you have your eye on this year? I think that people are going to be astonished at how good Boba Shed is going to be this year. <laughs> astonished, not just at the plate. I think he's, going to have uh, a great year as a fielder. I think that he's going to show Chapman makes it better. Yeah. Yeah, He does. That's a really good point that I hadn't considered actually before I opened my mouth. So I'm glad you (laughs) chipped in with that. Um, I just think I'm agreeing. I am agreeing with you as all. Yeah. 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 I I think the combo to a Bichette, Bichette to Espinal uh, in terms of like, elite defense like i could he i think he's gonna be elevated by everybody around him but i think he makes some steps forward to become a positive value fielder in the eyes of advanced statistics and uh again i think he's gonna absolutely crush the ball this year uh is my steven matt's pick this year chris henderson that's a that's a quite the I mean, you're picking an all-star to be yeah. Steve Matz. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, I think Excuse he's. Me. I think he's. I think you're going to see a dramatic improvement at the plate, and I think you're going to see a dramatic Jesus. improvement. On I just the, don't know what you mean when you say dramatic improvement on his numbers from last year. It just really scares me. I think he's going to hit. I think he's going to hit 330, man. I think you should change your underachievers answer to Bobachet, Patrick. Because <laughs> 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 your expectations yep. as a fan are very high right now. Um, they are for Bobachet. Yeah, Chris Henderson. Yeah. Who's well, your Who's your guy? <laughs> I'll answer that in one second. But what I will yeah. say about Bobachet is that I agree with you, man. I mean, uh, the guy hit what two ninety eight last year, twenty nine home runs. <laughs> yeah, uh, he had almost thirty stolen bases. I do think he has the potential to be a little bit better. But I just got to say that the guy was just overshadowed by his teammates. That he had, he was one of the best players in baseball last year. And and yep. if he repeats what he did last year this year, I'll be thrilled. Yep. Um. <laughs> as, far, as far as my guys, uh, I'll say Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I loved the adjustments he made in the second half. I think he has the potential yeah. to go from a, a six-seven hitter on a championship contender to that kind of meat of the order hitter. I think he can be a thirty-home run guy that hits two eighty. And uh, there were times that he carried the team last year, and I think um, that leg kick adjustment that he made um, sure it made a big difference. Um, yeah. And I think he'll be. And the other guy that I would pick is David Phelps. 
Um, he was one of the best relievers in the bullpen before he got hurt last year. Um, he was great with us the first time we had him. And yes. uh, I think I think he's an underrated arm that's a veteran arm that's going to go a long way. I mean, I know he's a minor league contract, but that's only because he got hurt. And um, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see him play a very big role. Fair enough. Okay, my primary pick, and I had a hard time choosing between Kevin Biggio and Danny Jansen for this, but I'm going to go with, with Biggio. I think people mm. have forgotten just how really good he was when he came up in 2019. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. had played in 100 games. He hit 16 dingers, stole 14 bases, walked 16.5% of the time. Like His on-base was 364 that year. Uh, he was worth two and a half wins of replacement in 100 games. He'd be about three and a half if he played 150. So, I mean, I think people are forgetting just how good he yeah. can be and when he's playing back at his primary position now at second base he's not trying to become a third baseman on the fly in the major leagues anymore um hopefully healthy and yeah. i i think that having him over there is is going to help not only his himself but i think the team as well just again having uh the fact that Bichette is flanked by Chapman and Biggio and Biggio is a decent defender at second base. I think that like, like Patrick said, and like you said, Chris, it'll make Bo's life easier too. So Biggio is one of my guys. I was going to say David Phelps, but of course, Hendo rained down my parade there. So uh, I am going to go here with, uh, with Jimmy Garcia. I think he's going to be a guy that comes out of nowhere in terms of blue Jays fan radar. It was a great signing in the off season. Um, yeah. I think we'll see him really morph into kind of the, the 1A, 1B, 8th inning guy with Adam Simber. And I see Tim Mazo could be a 1C. I think they're going to have kind of a three-headed high, high leverage uh, monster with those guys before Romano. Um, so I, I think Garcia is going to be the kind of the, the pitcher who, who kind of becomes this year's Tim Mazo in terms of the relief pitcher that comes out of nowhere. Mm. I like that. Yeah. And I mean, he's a guy that he had 16 saves with the Marlins last year before he was dealt to Houston. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's a guy that's capable of pitching the eighth or ninth inning and, and being successful at it too. So hundred uh, percent, you know, I like it. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's the questions that we had. Does anybody have any final thoughts on this, uh, this season of Blue Jays baseball they want to put out there into the world? I'll ask you guys a question. Yeah. So I'll turn, I'll turn the tables on you since I'm a, guest here uh do you think charlie montoyo um if there's any discussion about him being replaced at this year this year see they just extended him we know Only that doesn't year, but he was he yeah he was a lame duck though right he was a lame duck so they gave him the security and quotation marks that he has a contract for next season too obviously there's a couple of club options but they're club options at the end of the contract as well i don't think he gets replaced this year. They'd have to be like historically bad by like say the end of May, like let's say like fifteen games under five hundred or something crazy in the first two months for them to make a replacement in season. Yeah. Um, if the Jays miss the playoffs this year with this roster, he's gone hundred percent. Unless half the mm-hmm. team gets hurt, but it, yeah. it's a it's playoffs or bust for Charlie Montoya. I think this year. The yeah. fact that they elevated. Yeah. John and Schneider I, I probably should have phrased that question. Yeah. Yeah, I think the fact that they elevated Schneider to bench coach and demoted Dave Hudgens, or you know, laterally moved Dave Hudgens, I think says yeah. a little bit about what their future plans are as well. Yeah, if they're going to promote yeah. from within for the manager's role for the next time, but 
yeah, I think I think it's playoffs or bust for Charlie. Um, obviously, if it's a similar situation like last year, where the team say say they win ninety two or ninety three games and somehow don't get in, I don't think that's possible with the expanded playoffs. Then I think maybe you give them some consideration. That'd be a um, kick, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that would just be a real the balloon would be burst for me. But uh, yeah, I think playoffs <laughs> or bust is my is my opinion on that question. Fair. Patrick, I, Patrick, do you think Montoya has to defend his job? Yes, he does. Uh, because on pay, on, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to do it for radio. I think this is the best Blue Jays team on paper since 1993. And if he can't get it done with this team, John Schneider, uh, please stand up. Um, <laughs> I, Schneider is only 42 years old, and he is. He has worked with a lot of the guys that have that are on this team. Yeah. That are are stars, or that are becoming stars. I think this promotion is indicative of something. And I think if you have to choose between losing John Schneider to another team, because it's inevitable, he will be a manager in MLB very very soon. Um, if you have to choose, what is it that Charlie Montoyo brings? exactly that makes him a great manager for the so, days yeah is a, he's a people guy so the sure. cult the culture in the clubhouse is a big thing and and he's talked about a lot of it like just letting the guys be the guys right like not trying to tell yeah. them how to behave in the clubhouse he doesn't have he doesn't feel like he has to do that because they're seem to be decent decent humans and are capable of making their own rational decisions for the most part um, but yeah, no, I think he's really, he's, he's, he's basically, he's a, he's a dad. Let's, let's just say what, like it is like, he's really good at managing yeah. young okay. players. He was in AAA with Tampa for years. Um, so he, he knows exactly how to deal with young players. The fact that he is bilingual with Spanish definitely helps a yep. lot because you've got a lot of the young players on this team who speak a lot of Spanish, <laughs> um, by the yeah. way, did you guys see the the Vladdy interview with uh, Cespedes Barbecue? And he was talking about his Dominican Republic roster. He speaks he speaks really good English. He's doing great. Uh, I'll be, I, I hope didn't he hear that. More. He does, he does speak that. well. I and, hope he does uh, that more this know, season. <laughs> yeah, I, and I remember they asked him last. Uh, I, I think maybe it was an off season thing. Yeah, they asked him. Um, uh, I, can't, I think he was with Ripken and those guys or something. But mm-hmm. they asked him why he doesn't do more English interviews, and he said, "You know, there's just so much potential to." To mess say up, the wrong right? thing and he, yeah. and he pointed to that when the, when Arash Madani reported that he had never been in the gym or whatever happened <laughs> right. there a few years ago he was like that's oh not what God. I that's yeah. probably what I said but that's not what I meant and that's an example of why I don't do more English interviews so yeah, you know I, when I heard him say that I was like that's fair man because yeah, that blew up fair. in your face And <laughs> anyway that's yeah. off topic uh, Montoya yeah, yeah. Patrick to answer your question he's really good as like he's a people manager mm-hmm. and and when and we saw in the second half, when they had a better team last year, what the record was, everyone's like, "Oh, he makes the terrible bullpen decisions." When your decisions are between Carl Edwards Jr. and Tyler Chatwood, what is yeah. the right decision? The right decision is that he should have <laughs> yeah. picked up the ball and thrown himself, rather than bring those guys in, or found Ryan Goins somewhere and told him to come pitch. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. like, that's that's my opinion. I think people give him a really hard time for the decision aspect of the game. But he is miles better than John Gibbons ever was at managing a roster. And yes. 
Ooh. I can't stand John yeah, Gibbons. We'll have to have another show on that can't one stand someday. John Gibbons. Because... Can I... I just want to add one more thing to this. Um, because well, That's a very spicy take, and I'm, I'm with you on that, actually. Can't stand John Gibbons. Oh, uh, boys, to be boys, fair boys. to Charlie, <laughs> because everybody remembers the, the bad... Uh, seemingly bad decisions that occurred. Some Blue of them Jay's were bad. Twitter got super duper fucking quiet when he made good decisions. That's, when how, he, that's when, how people are. When he rode Tim Meza into an excellent season, when he rode Jordan Romano into an excellent season, nobody said a, a when he insisted on continuing to work with, uh, give Ross Stripling work, even though it was clear it wasn't working. They gave him the time he needed to fix his mechanics. They put him in, and guess what? Uh, there was a big stretch there. It was over a month, a month and a half, where his ERA was 2.45. Charlie sets the lineups. I, I know he didn't do the work, but he had the confidence to go with strips when it mattered. Uh, so credit to Charlie. Yes, his job is kind of on the line this year. At the same time, when he makes good decisions, Blue Jays Twitter super fucking quiet and it's annoying <laughs> and oh, patrick asked what charlie brings to the team you have any any thoughts to add to that before you wrap up i think you covered it well i mean um and it'll be interesting to see what he does with a roster that's you know built to win because as yeah. much as he only got that for half of his season last year and things went well so i i, I didn't ask the question in like a um because yeah. I'm a Charlie hater or anything like that. I I, I was kind of, I'm curious to see if if the that conversation goes away this year at all. I mean, it never really does for any you know for any manager in any Toronto sports, sports or any team. coach. Oh, you know, in, in anyone. But uh, I haven't heard a lot of that chatter this spring. It's been it's uh you know I'm trying not to remember 2013 too much because everybody's just feeling good and pumped, and I'm just trying to stay the same way. Fair enough. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, let's let's wrap it up there, guys. Hendo, we appreciate you coming on as always. Gonna give you the mic here, give you the floor, plug whatever you want to plug, my friend. Oh well, thank you as always, fellas. It's uh, becoming a little nice little tradition here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. My my pleasure to join you. Check out my, any of my writing work at um, chasejournal.com. You can find me on Twitter at baseball four brains. Um, that's baseball, the number four brains. Uh, and if you're interested in the music stuff, chrisandersonmusic.com will have some new stuff uh, out there this year too. Beautiful. Love it. Uh, yeah, no, we always appreciate you coming on. And like you said, yeah, it's a bit of, bit of a tradition. We'll probably try and do another mid-season look back and see just how <laughs> right we were this year. Because um, <laughs> uh, we're going to be right. I believe in us. But uh yes. For for Chris Except Henderson, for yeah, for Chris Henderson <laughs> and myself, we're both in Saskatchewan. Patrick Marsh is in Halifax. You've been listening to Bat Flips and Maple Dips, the 2022 season preview episode. It'll be on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. The website is bfmdpodcast.com. Listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Go Blue Jays. Ah!